And welcome to Out With Jimmy, the podcast remembers the LGBTQ plus community share their coming out stories with you. And you know, the goal of the, this podcast is whether you're in the closet, you're out, you're thinking about coming out, you may come out, you may kick the door open, or you may, like me, have someone kick you right in the ass out of the closet. You want to make sure that you're not alone. I ask, I beg, I plead for you to go to Apple Podcasts, click subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes. And while you're there, a nice review and as many stars as you possibly could get. This week, we have a very special guest. It's Amanda Barrick. Hello, yes, my name is Amanda Barrick. I am a folk indie musician and spoken word poet artist. I live in Southern Utah right now, and my preferred pronouns are she, her, and they. Now, Amanda, who was the first person you came out to? First person I came out to was my best friend, Tyson Wheeler. And how old were you? Oh, I was like 17. And how did that go? Oh, it was, it was wonderful. He, he's an he's a openly queer man, and he came out in high school. Um, my older brother actually came out before I did, and I was kind of under the impression that uh, there could only be one gay person in a family. Uh-huh. So I, I uh, even though it was glaringly obvious, I knew, of course, from a very young age, I, w- I belonged to that school of queers that just, you know, came out the womb as gay as could be. Um, and what do you think you first knew, Amanda? Um, I knew that I was different. Like, and here's the interesting thing. I don't remember a lot of earlier memories. Like I try and trace and I'm like, I think, you know, six, seven, as far as I can remember. And then I'll, you know, remember earlier things when someone tells me about them. Uh, But I would say probably around that age, like six, seven, I knew that I was different. I did not know I was a lesbian because I didn't know what a lesbian was. (laughs) And when you came out and when you said those words and who was your friend that you came out to? Tyson. Tyson, where were you? Um, Ironically, we were in St. George. We were sitting on the side of my mom's house. Um, He didn't live here. He was visiting his mom and I didn't live here, but it happened here. And we were sitting on the side of the house. I had just come back from California. I'd spent the summer in California in between college breaks. And I was about to go back to uh, what would be BYU, Idaho. Back in the day, it was Rick's College. Um, and I was about to go back. Bro, to no, Rick's, Rick's College sounds like a bar. Hey, where do you want to go tonight? Well, they got, <laughs> Rick's, let's go to Rick's. They got a uh, PBR special tonight at Rick's College. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely not. But um, so it's an all, you know, it's a Mormon conservative school. And I had, I had just, I was like, ah, I've got to come out. And I, I turned to Tyson and I said, I think I'm a lesbian. And he was like, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do you think? He's um, all, yes, honey. Um, yes, how, you are. How did that feel, saying it out loud? For me, it was something because of my religious upbringing that I had, you know, obviously struggled with back and forth. And then I was, I was pretty particular. Like, I, I remember my first experience, um, and it wasn't an experience, but just like in my mind experience was just, I was very infatuated with this one girl. You know what I mean? How it how it usually starts. And I was like, no, it's just this one girl, but I was never attracted to men. But I was like, it's just because I'm so attracted to this one person. Yes. So then of course, like, you know, I meet another girl and I'm like, I'm attracted to you too. Um, <laughs> so I knew, and like when I was, it's interesting. Cause when I was a young a girl, you know, I was of course the tomboy. 
Um, I was an introvert. I loved being alone, but all the boys in the neighborhood, like they needed a leader. They needed someone to like tell them what to do and build. Like I was constantly building forts and playing games. And like, I was always the commander, always the leader, always this. And I was just, you know, barking orders at all these, you know, boys. And they were just like, sure, do. Yeah, no problem. You know, and I'm like, we're building this fort today. (laughs) I have to say that is my dog, Kennedy. 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 Kennedy, come here, baby. It's okay. Uh, she may be uh, barking at my other dog, Nixon. Um, come on, Kennedy. <laughs> We're recording here. Mm-hmm. So the stereotypes that um, lesbians are handy. I wouldn't say bossy. I don't think is that a, is that a uh, is that a stereotype of lesbians? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, growing up, like even too when I first came out, like my first girlfriend was like, I don't even like lesbians. She was a bi woman, <laughs> and she's like, I don't even like lesbians. They're bossy and they're mean. And you know, I that was another thing. Like growing up, what I heard of lesbians was never positive. What I heard of gays never positive, and so that kind of gets packed away in 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 a little person's heart, and and you have to you have to unpack it later as an adult. Why do you think that that's a stereotype that lesbians are mean? I think lesbians aren't mean i think they're to the point i don't i don't i think they're not concerned at all about like licking ass to be honest like we don't really care if you like us as much especially like coming back in the like and i can only speak for myself but like i don't know i think i think we're just not as concerned with fitting the the normal like i hope people like me or would you honestly like maybe this is it i don't know i've never thought of it but like never being concerned with what men think of you or just kind Mm. of having that that feeling that um yeah you're just not concerned with what men want and women are women we have our own code kind of i don't know this is a great question i'm going over it yeah would you say truth tellers because I think um, uh, lesbian, a lot of lesbians who I, know, who I know, blunt. Yeah. Don't fuck around. They'll get yeah. right to the point. I think maybe sometimes uh, the uh, social niceties that people kind of beat around the bush, there's none of that. There's that not fair? as much. Yeah. There's not, there's not as much. Because I don't think, and I do, I think it's like, okay, well, blunt and rude can be you know, on two sides of the same coin, I guess, if you wanted it to look at it that way, but, but it's not. Cause I, I definitely don't want to be like, oh, lesbians are rude. Cause we're definitely. No, I, Cause I, I think blunt is a great word. Kurt is another mm-hmm. word I like, you know, like. No nonsense. Down. Yes, you know, yes, that's Old fair. school, no nonsense, baby. We're just like, yeah, no nonsense, get into it. And two, I think a lot like the lesbian culture and a lot in the past, and I think it is changing and I'm, I'm happy to see wherever it evolves, like queer culture for the first time, I think in, I mean, definitely not the first time, but queer culture is really getting some momentum, you know what I mean? And I love, I'm loving to see where that goes, but I think the older lesbians, you know, it was very much like all the jokes, they're real. Like, what does a lesbian bring to a second date? A U-Haul, like, you know what I mean? It's a real thing. A lot of people, like you say, stereotypes are there for a reason. Yes. And so we get our very much like our little group of people and we're very happy that way well you know what a gay um, man brings on his second date what no. second date um <laughs> uh well yeah, well it's true but um you know the interesting thing is and I, I bring this up quite often with people saying who go oh the world's terrible and i'm like no in a lot of ways the world's especially for uh queer people it's never been better you know um really kennedy I promise you, I'll take you right to the pound. Right to the pound. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't know why she's doing this. This is so weird. So, 
but it it's never been better for our people because you had to hide, you know, mm-hmm. gay men, what did they do? They either moved so far away from their family, they never saw them again. They mm-hmm. joined the priesthood, the, the confirmed bachelor, wink, wink. Um, and then lesbians the same way. Is there any more heartbreaking, but also beautiful stories when you hear about the two old ladies who've lived together for 60 years and then they get married and it's like, oh, I just thought they were best friends. It's like, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It melts my heart. And you're so right. There, in, in many ways, it has never been better for the queer community. And it's just going to keep getting better. Uh, yes, but we all have to stand together. Everybody, all those initials for the acronym have to stand together yes. because what drives me crazy is when we see um, our trans brothers and sisters be mistreated. It's like, whoa, hold on. They're part of the group too. They're absolutely an integral part of the group. And now let's go to uh, something you mentioned. Growing up in Utah, mm-hmm. um, member of uh, LDS, did you grow up in the church? I did grow up and I grew up in Idaho, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and I want you to know that um, from working on the radio, I said Mormon on the air and I got called and said, no, it's LDS. They're it's constantly like, yep. rebranding. So <laughs> I was raised Mormon and um, they don't like it because yeah. Mormons are now less popular. So now yeah. they want to be LDS. Yes. Honestly, they can rebrand all they want. It's the same old bullshit. <laughs> so what uh, age did you, uh, so growing up, um, and I apologize. I know a couple, um, several years ago when uh, California was trying to uh, push, uh, I believe, gay marriage, the church came out and kind of put a kibosh to it or helped to, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was a big thing for our family. We actually, that was when we'd had enough with the with the Mormon religion over Proposition 8 in California. They had a huge hand, uh, not only with money, but um, busing in volunteers from all over the surrounding yeah. states to go canvas. Um, and it was crazy because that night was really emotional because Obama was elected, but Prop 8 didn't go through. That's right. Um, and so it was like this weird feeling for all of us in California, we were elated, but we were also devastated. And then I think the next year, um, the next year it did go. Now, in Cali, has the church loosened up or do you know if the church has loosened up about gay marriage or gay relationships? You know, I have to be honest, like I have not been involved with the Mormon church for, you know, I left when I was, I came out and, and I was talking with Ed the other day, um, our our friend Ed about um, just how far removed I am from the church. Um, And that's obviously a choice. (laughs) So you didn't see Book of Mormon? Oh, I saw Book of Mormon and I laughed my butt off. I loved Book of Mormon. I was sitting there in the theater. I saw it in Vegas at the Smith Center. And um, I was sitting in the theater and everyone was just laughing. But I was like, this is hilarious if you're not Mormon, but if you are an ex-Mormon, it is the funniest thing you have ever seen in your life. Tyson and I, we were going to be Matt Stone and Trey Parker. That was our musical to write, and they beat us to it, and they did it so well. So uh. now, 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 the thing about it, Amanda, is watching it, of course, afterwards, I had to go and research. And if, for those who have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But there's a scene on... Um, uh, is it Brigham Young who comes out or is it who comes out and like gives you the little um, history lesson 
and he's dressed as an is it Brigham Young or who? it's either Brigham Young or Joseph Smith. I think Joseph, it's Brigham Young. Yeah, or or, I, or I think it's Joseph Smith. Yeah, so Joseph Smith is the founder, and yes. then Brigham Young was the second. The second. And guy. So Joseph Smith <laughs> comes out and he tells you about all you know the history of the church and all this stuff, and you hear it and it's like it sounds insane. Like they found these other books of the Bible in upstate New York. Like what? Hill Camorra or something. But I remind all of our, my friends who roll their eyes at that. I'm like, well, remember in our Bible, uh, John and the Whale. I mean, it, yeah. it all, it's just ours is much older. <laughs> Rather, yeah. this is a couple hundred years old. Yeah, and they're, yeah, exactly. With the Bible, they're like, okay, it's older. We've got to figure out how it makes sense yeah. now. And with the Book of Mormon, it's like, that's not old enough to twist into this crazy story <laughs> for all of us, my friends. Um, so... Growing up in the Mormon church, um, obviously, uh, and I was surprised, and believe me, I, I have no dog in this hunt. I feel terrible as what I'm about to say, um, but it's the truth. It surprised me to see that African-Americans were not allowed in the church until like the late 70s. 1978. Yeah. So it was it's, when they finally came through the, the leadership of the, and I only know that number just because it's like, um, hello. Uh, but yeah. About, yeah. That ain't long ago. That's not long ago at all. And that's, it's interesting that you should bring up, um, and of course they were allowed into their church, but they were not allowed to hold the priesthood, which oh, okay. is the power of God, apparently. Yeah. And of course, women are not allowed that at all. And that's when I knew I was a young person and I asked my mom, I had just gotten baptized and you get baptized today. And I said, yes, when am I? I mean, I was a devout religious kid as well, all sure. kids kind of are like yes. either, like when you're raised in it, that's what I mean, of course. For me, it was not a negative thing like in the Mormon church um, I mean it was a very negative thing but like as far as like the activities and getting to like hang out there was a, what they call young women's so you have like a large majority of your time spent with just you know other girls I was like this is perfect we go on camp out <laughs> like my first my first I won't say sexual experience but like that time where I was like oh, wow, this is, my body is mad responding to this woman, was one of my, like, my, my fellow church girls at a sleepover. Like, we were just snuggling and cuddling, and it was just, I lost my mind. I was like, oh, I'm totally gay. I'm so gay. <laughs> and then, like, two years later, I finally said it out loud. <laughs> now, with that, um, did you watch, um, what was the show on HBO that I loved? Um, another Big show. Love. Big Love. Did you watch Big Love? Love Big Love. Watching that, uh, like Big Love, did you see any familiarity in your childhood? And I know plural marriage probably not, but the, the um, as you said, the, who, the priesthood, like Bill hold, held the priesthood in his family. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, as far as like the, the relation of just like the, the male structure, the patriarchy in the Mormon church is the, the, the highest of all. So um, where women are empowered in a lot of ways, this is one of the things that, that a lot of religions do is they, they empower women by glorifying their one role or two yeah. roles as a mother, as a wife. And, you know, as we just, you know, as I want to bring up AOC just the other day uh, in, on the, the floor of Congress when she addressed uh, those, those vile words that she was called by Congressman uh, 
Yono, Yoho, what, Yo, Yoho, Yoho, thank you, Yono, <laughs> Yoho, it's just like, you're not a decent man because you have a wife, you're not a decent man because you have daughters, you know what I mean? Um, I'm so glad you, you brought that up, because uh, what- it, Oh, I just, I wanted to kiss her on the face, as I do often. <laughs> I, oh, oh, hey there, um, I don't care if it was Sarah Palin walking down um, the steps of the Capitol, and a, and a male Democrat called her a fucking bitch. I would have been outraged. I would have been repulsed, sickened mm -hmm. that this man, um, and especially as AOC said, uh, which I loved, I am two years younger than his youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Disgusting. That a man would speak to a woman or anybody speak to anybody, but especially this older man speaking to AOC. And I don't care if you like her or don't like her. It's the principle. Just like if Sarah Palin was spoken to that way, mm -hmm. I would be like, are you out of your minds? It's disgusting. Yeah. And I, she will be remembered for that speech. And I would imagine a lot of people who don't care for her watch that and have mm -hmm. a newfound respect for her. Oh, I, I've been a huge fan of hers for, and will continue to be forever. AOC for president. Deal with AOC the other, uh, this past week mm -hmm. is, and it happened on the same day, I don't know if you saw this, that Liz Cheney was in a Indeed. conference, a conference uh, with a Republican conference, and they all started yelling and screaming at her because she said nice things about Anthony Fauci. And that <laughs> she wasn't supporting the president because she said nice things about Anthony Fauci. And they called her a rhino and the Republican name and name only. And I like how, I like how they're calling Dick Cheney's daughter. <laughs> and you know, that she's not a real Republican. And I'm like, I'm sorry, fellas. Um, it really looks nice that you're all beating up on the only woman in leadership in, in the Republican conference. And uh, I believe that she with one hand could whip all your asses. Yeah, Liz Cheney is not to be trifled with. And, yeah, she she means business. And if she called the sister, I think we all know it'd be over, right? <laughs> Thanks for that. Let's get back to um, you growing up, and you tell your family, yeah, that you're a lesbian. How did that go? Um, so it, I mean, every, it was kind. It's interesting because it's not. It's not that interesting. Um, I'll, be judge just, that. I'll be the judge of that. You judge that, Jimmy. Um, everyone just knew. You know what I mean? I was really angry at my mom over the Mormon stuff. And then I was angry because I went, I went to Rick's College. And then the summer, I went there for two semesters. And in between came a summer. And I went to California. And that's where I sat on the beach in Santa Cruz. And I started writing some songs that were so clearly about this unrequited queer love that I couldn't fight it anymore. And so went home, told Tyson I was gay, went back to Idaho, to BYU-Idaho, and I was really depressed. I couldn't tell anyone. My friends were like, what's going on? And it just like became this secret for the first time, even though, anyway. And so they brought up to the, the church leadership that I was not going to church because I would leave every weekend. I had classes Tuesday and Thursday and I'd leave every weekend and go to Logan, Utah to Utah state where my friends were that had just graduated and they all went on because it was a two year school. So they all went on to Utah state and I wanted to be with them. And so I would leave and I would miss church. And according to the honor code of BYU, Idaho, you have to have a 
percentage of attendance for church activities to graduate, to get a degree. Um, <laughs> Dear so God. I know. So, and my roommates totally blasted me out. I was like, thanks, bitches. Like, none of their business what I'm doing. <laughs> but of course, they're all under the, we care about you, we care about oh, yourself. Oh, please. That's right. another thing with Mormons. They're yeah. all so damn busy, concerned about everyone else's freaking salvation. Write like, your thank I'm you note. With it. You think you can save me when I'm gone? Give me a break. Write your, write your thank you note to the Junior League. Get the hell out of my business. Yeah, get the hell out of here. So, but, um, so <laughs> I, I had to go to the, the school leadership and the church leadership, um, and, and I told them I was gay, and they said, well, that's not acceptable. And I said, what can I do? I was, was going to graduate with my associates. And because it was a Mormon school, you have to take um, – religious classes. So, but if there, if it's not grouped, basically if my degree wouldn't have been grouped all, if I transferred my credits, I would have lost about like, I don't know, like a half a year's worth of credits. Cause over oh. the time that wouldn't have transferred. Cause like, why the hell would, you know, the university of Utah want book of Mormon two credits. They're like, we're not going to give you that three college credits for a book of Mormon class. You know what I'm saying? Um, but fortunately, you know, I lied and I begged and I cried and, um, they let me stay to finish out the semester and I got my associate's degree. And then I was just like, I'm out. Um, and, and came to St. George for a little bit. And yeah, I feel like, sorry, was there a question in there? Well, no. Um, so with your family, so they mm -hmm. were open, you didn't get thrown out of the house. You didn't get rebuffed from your, your mom, dad, siblings. No. So, so my dad, um, I'm estranged with my, my father, my mom remarried and my stepdad and I are really close. But, um, when my parents divorced, when I was like 14, 15, um, I haven't really seen my dad since, um, his family, as far as I know, is all Mormon. My grandparents disowned me a long time ago. Like they never liked us. So I don't, I don't keep in touch with them. My mother's side of the family, um, my mom had a big, you know, crisis of of faith when my brother came out, but had gotten oh, on the right. advocacy train. Right. Yeah. And so finally, she sat me down one day and she was like, what is your problem? Because I was just being, I was being rude. I was being mean. I was rude. I was upset with her. I didn't feel like she gave me the attention that I needed to like fully have this like conversation with her. And so she was like, you're clearly upset with me. And I just let it all out. I was like, and I, it was a lot about the Mormon stuff. I had, as a, like, as a young person growing up wanting leadership and, and my mom was a very strong woman. Like she took care of the family. My dad was pretty much useless. And um, so she was busy raising a family. Like I'm not saying anything about that, but I just had issues with her growing up and how she let the Mormon church dictate like everything she did. And you know what I mean? And I just let her have it and she cried. And I was like, and it was, it was, it was, you know, of, of course it's like what a 17, 18 year old, you know, angry person is going to do. But after that, our relationship has been amazing. And after the end of me telling her that I hated every decision she'd ever made because it was wrong, um, I said, oh, and by the way, I'm a lesbian. Oh, <laughs> that was the cherry on top of yeah. the uh, I was like, Not only have you made all these horrible decisions, we laugh about it now because I was such a bitch. You know what I mean? Um, well <laughs> but and then and then I started to cry she was crying I was crying and she just held me and she just you know just 
I love you. I will always love you. There is nothing you can't talk to me about. I'm always going to fight for you. And then we just bawled and our relationship has, has never been better. Like we, 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 as, as it's interesting, as you get older, as an adult, you get to redefine your relationship with your parents um, because you're, you get to both take accountability for your random parallels in life. You know, I think too much of the time we put on our parents that they're, they should do everything and be everything and sacrifice everything for us. And, you know, and that's just definitely not the case. And so now we're friends and now we get to support each other as really powerful women trying to have a voice and make ourselves heard in this world. And you said that this was not an interesting story. say i'm judging it was a very interesting story so there's two children right yeah my older brother is gay i am gay queer and my younger sister is pants she's married to a woman wow yeah my older brother is married to a man my younger sister is married to a woman i'm not married but i got a girl that that's the hat trick of uh gay kids right there (laughs) Right there, right? We, we joke how we're the gayest yeah. family ever, but... Who, um, knew they, who knew the queer could uh, do a hockey joke there? Thank you. Um, with that trick, how has your mom come to grips with um, the church and having three kids that I'm sure all three of her children would feel that the church has not... Um, that, that is Nixon. How is her relationship with the Mormon church now that she knows she has three kids and that the, um, I would imagine that the three of you feel that the church doesn't support you. So she would have be a member of a church that really doesn't support her three children. Oh yeah. She, she is not a member of the church anymore. We, we came away from the church. We wrote our resignation letters. They have all these records. So you, it's quite a process. You have to go through an interview um, and you have to write a letter and say you officially would like your name to be removed from the church records. And so we all did that back in 2008 Um, And even before that, I would say, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, she, in the beginning, and again, it was a long time ago, I remember she did struggle and she was like, I can can love my son because he was the only one out at this time and still reconcile my beliefs and my faith and my relationship with God. But um, over time, it's just... She, she realized she couldn't do that. She couldn't stand with a church that is blatantly uh, hateful and, and, uh, and working actively to take rights away from her children. So yeah, she, she, she didn't reconcile it. She tried for a little while and then she left. And now it's like, she is like, my mom is um, like every gay kid in our little town here in Southern Utah basically knows my mom or knows of my mom, her advocacy in this town. Like if they were to write like gay history culture of St. George, like there's no doubt in my mind that she would be in that book because she's written it. She's, she's fine. And, and so many other people too um, down here that are just doing so, so much great work. Doesn't that make you feel so lucky? That you were blessed with a mom like that. That is as beautiful as anything that's ever been said on um, any of these podcasts. What you just said about your mom. She's, um, yeah, she, she makes, yeah, she just brings out the best in people and, um, and she loves people and people want to be around her. And she is, she's a bad ass. She is no nonsense. She gets things done. She's powerful. Um, But yeah, I'm so proud. I'm proud to be her daughter. Um, It, Reminds me of any, uh, the happiest, the most sweet moments of any pride festival is, or pride parade is when the P-Flag families 
walk. Mm -hmm. And I am not the type of person who gets choked up or gets teary-eyed. Uh, it's part of probably being dead inside, but that's not important. Um, I say that now I'm married and I've totally have changed with, now I get choked up all the time. Uh -huh. um, it's probably when my husband's literally choking me, but that's an, another story. That's another thing. Um, but when those P flags families walk in March, oh my God, it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Most yeah. beautiful thing. Um, yeah. And I think the, I, I, cause I've, I've worked a lot with P flag organizations and as fantastic as it is the, the families um, and friends supporting the queer community, I've heard so much. It's just, it's, it's the, the reciprocity, what you get back because love just continues to give. And when you can open your heart and love, like the families are equally blessed, if you will, yeah. in that way, like, yeah, no, one, so, no one's ever opened up and been like, wow, I really love and accept my son. And it was the worst thing I did. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was horrible. My life just sucked after that. I always wonder, um, I always wonder for families who are like, no, 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 I want, I, I want my husband, I want my son to, uh, he's gay, but no, he just hasn't met the right woman. Why would you want to have your son live in a loveless marriage have this poor girl be in a loveless marriage or change genders, whatever. Um, why would they want you to do that to them? I don't get why that is better than them living their, their true selves. Don't get it. Yeah. I'll never understand that. I think it's old. It's an old paradigm. I think a lot of, and I'm, I just, from what I've heard my mom speak of is like, there is this, notion that your life is going to be hard or you're going to be in danger or you're not going to have the same things that straight kids have or you know what I mean and so I think a lot of old, the older generation like our parents that was and imagine imagine all the things that they've heard about gay people I mean they have to change their own yeah, internal homophobia as well like I have internalized homophobia and I'm a very proud queer person the 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 society that we live in has created all these trenches of of really deep like hate and horrible ideas about gay culture and that stems from being like the anti-christian it's it's a christian i do believe very strongly that it is you know christianity's hold on whatever they're trying to preach with if it's just procreation i don't really get it but there is a deep and genuine fear of homosexuals and still to this day there are a large majority of people like a ton of people that think that gay people are out to ruin the fabric of american society and it blows my mind and i do believe it's a lot of older people like younger people just they can't even wrap their heads around it they're they're like what are you talking about so it does it makes me so excited for the future and not to say that those older people can't change their minds and change their opinions but I mean I know as a as a open queer person who is in therapy that it takes a lot of work to dismantle the 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 parts of our our psyche that are not updated with proper it goes to it goes to oh my god they're different yeah. oh my god they're different oh my god they're different but also yeah. it goes to what Harvey Milk said the reason why it's so important for people to come out, the more people who come out, you realize it's not the, the scary lesbian and the scary gay man, the scary gay man who's trying to steal, uh, you know, fool people or the gay woman who's trying to fool straight people. No, 
it's your son, it's your daughter, it's your it's your it's your daughter, it's your daughter, it's your son, like with your mom, or yeah. it is your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, your yeah. mailman, uh, hell, your uh, governor in Colorado, right? I mean, it, it it's so important because I believe the more people, like Harvey, the more the more people you come in contact with who are different than you, then you understand that. The, there's more about us that's the same than different, right? Oh, 100%. But in, in a lot of cases, yeah. yeah. Who is your girlfriend? How did you meet her? How long you been together? Um, my girlfriend, her name is Amber. We have been together, uh, we met in 2016. We were together up until 2018. And then we had like a pretty critical uh, breakup that mm. allowed us to, you know, find ourselves we i mean it was it was pretty bad it was um we we just were like we need to grow in different places and she it was i went to upstate new york i was a student this was back in 2018 i went to upstate new york with my friend and we worked at this cute little lodge and just had a blast all summer heart totally broken but it's interesting because that's where i picked up my guitar again like i I haven't been really pursuing music. I've always played music for myself, you know what I mean? And um, and then through the breakup, um, my friend Liz, I was like, Liz, you've got to get me a guitar because this was up in the like the boondocks of New York. Like it, I was like, what? This is New York? But anyway, um, and so her sister brought up a guitar one weekend and it was just like, I was just, I couldn't stop playing it and singing it and I would just cry and sing and I was, playing a lot of Brandy Carlisle, like she had just released, um, by the way, I forgive you. And that song is so powerful. And like, I was living on this little old cottage next to this river. And it was such an intense healing experience for me. I, I like, it was, I look back on it and I'm still surprised at like how six weeks, cause it was only six weeks that summer or maybe eight, either way, how that could be such an intense amount of healing. And then I came home and a couple of weeks here, I was just like, you know, I'm never going to talk to her again. Like I've got to move on. And I just had this moment of like, I can't live with how things ended between us. It was just, it's not, it's not who we are. And so I reached out and we reconnected and um, slowly rebuilt a lot of trust and a lot of balance. And we both got into therapy individually. Um, she first and just did so much amazing work on herself. And, you know, we credit a lot our relationship that we're both willing to do the work on ourselves so we can be the people that we want to be um, to, to have this amazing relationship. And so over the last couple of years, um, since 2018, we've just developed this beautiful, beautiful friendship, which is so important to me. I think that was what was lacking a little bit in the beginning because we hit so hard and fast. We were just like cosmic. I met her and I just, I was so physically attracted to her. I couldn't stand it. I was just like, I'd have to be near you. And then it was just like, ah. Imagine we, that the lesbians got together fast. So um, <laughs> how long did, how long from the first date to moving in did it take? So this is super cute. Um, we don't live together yet, but we're moving in. I move in on the 1st of August. Oh my so, God. Yeah, I'm not that lesbian. I am like, I was like, babe, I'm not moving in for years. She's like, what? I'm like, I, I have to take my time. Like, 
you, it's funny because I'll have friends that I've known for years and they'll be like, yeah, we're good friends. I'm like, we're kind of friends. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you got to wait at least five years to be like, if you're, you know, I don't know. Because I'm, uh, yeah. I'm the non-watching RuPaul's Drag Race gay. I'm like, no, huh? no. I always go, not that gay. Yeah, um, totally. Well, good, well, you know what? Um, a friend of mine says a relationship has to make sense of the two people in it. Yes. And if you strip down you know, the sex, you strip down the attraction, the, there's got to be a basis of friendship and a basis of, I like being with this person. Mm-hmm. Can I yeah. drive across country with this person and be fine? Yeah. If you can, that's a good step. Absolutely. And we, we weren't even close to there. It's, it's, I just, I'm so proud of our relationship, how we keep just adjusting. You know, yeah. I was supposed to move back in in May. And we weren't quite there with, with the pandemic and with everything that was going oh God, on. We're yeah. like, this is really stressful. Why are we trying to add this other really stressful life thing on top of it? And she's just like, babe, we don't have to. This is our story. We get to write this. What feels good to us? And she's just, yeah, she's utterly the most amazing person I've ever met. And I want to be with her forever. Oh, ever. I can't wait to just spend my life with her. And we're, we're too, just because like I am moving in, we're in such a sentimental, cute like space, you know, where we're like putting our things together and we got our room all set up. Oh. And it's just, yeah, she, she brings out the best in me and she challenges me. And she, she, what she says, which I love is one of her go-to sayings is we teach people how to treat us. And I say I, all the time, hands up. I always say people will only treat, people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Yes. And she takes it a step further and says, no, we teach people how to I, treat us. That's better. I like yours Ooh. better. I like her. I like Amanda's better. Um, Amber. Not Amber. You're yeah. Amanda, Amber. Yeah. No um, it was, well, I'm married to a Richie, so it's Richie and Jimmy, which sounds like um, Archie's comic book or something. It totally does. When you grew up, who was um, a celebrity that you might have had a crush on? Oh, I was obsessed, of course, with Angelina Jolie and Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. I probably watched Practical Magic when it came out. I think it was 1998. <laughs> I And I know Sandra and Nicole were just sisters in that. And it's not a weird thing, but like, I was obsessed with that movie. I And it was right after my parents had got divorced and we were in Spokane, Washington. I would put the movie on, watch it, be done with it, start it over and start, and watch it again. Like, I was just... I just wanted to look at her all day. <laughs> I love Sandra Bullock. And how about, and she just seems like a very nice person, mm. which just makes it, you want the person to be a nice person. Now, how yeah. about Angelina? Which movie did uh, you go, oh my, that's lovely. Gia, are you kidding mm. me? That was when I was like, you know, cause that was all before I'd had, you know, I, I was a late, I was, I came out at like 17, 18 and then, um, I met my first girlfriend at 19 and is she the, is when you kissed a girl for the first time, it was the girlfriend. It was the girlfriend. Oh, wow. That felt nice. Didn't it? It did. It felt really nice. Yeah. 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 And we were together that, you know, that my first relationship, unfortunately was really toxic and it it lasted way too long, but you live and you learn. So. No, you are a a singer songwriter. You spoken word poetry Mm -hmm. um, and you have an album coming out right? Yes. So I have a debut album. It is titled Wastelands and it will drop on all of the streaming services, Spotify, Apple, um, anywhere else on the 31st of July. So next week? Yeah, next week. That's exciting. 
Yes, I know. I'm super excited. I do have, um, so there are three, I released three singles ahead of the full album. And so at this point I have um, my song Big Sur and Wastelands, which is the title track of the album, are out. And then I have a spoken word piece, which I believe is the video that you are watching called Biochemistry. Love it. So, Love yeah. that. That looks Thank great. You. That video is fantastic. Oh, thank you. My girl, I was like, what should we do? And I'm like, let's just have all these different looks because I really like when I do perform around town, which I haven't done, you know, since what feels like last year. Um, but like when I do shows, I, I like, I, I kind of like that performance aspect of it. I'm a folk artist. So it's not like you're coming to see a pop show with, you know, glitter and, and tons of makeup. But I, what always, I'm hearing is there's, there's not going to be fly girls. And there's not going to be fly okay. girls. No. Um, but I do like, I like to do, I'll do face makeup or all, and I, I, like, I wear my one earring is kind of a classic when I'm on stage. Um, but yeah, just, just, just fun things like that. And how could people download it? What, um, how do they, uh, so it's Badlands on any, excuse me, I will correct them. So it's, uh, so it's Wastelands all over, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, find it Spotify, Spotify, Google Play. Um, if you want to pre-order the album, you can pre-order it at bandcamp.com. And if you go to, if you go to amanda.live, I've, I've set that to redirect to my information. So if you hit amanda.live, that'll kind of give you everything you need to know about the album. It's on Bandcamp and I've got little blurbs about the songs. You can preview them, you can pre-order it, all that good stuff. And now you wrote them? And perform them. Yes. So um, I did. I wrote I, I, I wrote all of them and then I co-wrote a few of the songs with my best friend Tyson. One of the songs was co-written with my brother. And then I threw a Bruce Springsteen cover, uh, Dancing in the Dark, on the album. Oh, can't go, can't go wrong with that. Oh, man. I, that, I, I was debating between uh, you, um, the Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark, or Leslie Gore's You Don't Own Me, because I love singing that one out. And people, like, I just, like, love that. Um, but the Dancing in the Dark has a really special, like, place in my heart because of a New York situation where, and it's just like, dude, that's the one. That's the one I want on my debut album. And okay. I've been a singer, like, I've been writing songs. I mean, a lot of these songs I wrote, you know, 10 years ago, but it's just so beautiful that I finally have that opportunity to bring them into the world and, and to share them. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe so strongly in queer representation. Like we were talking about, like what, what was there for you when, when you were a kid and a lot of the representation that we had, even if it was there, it was minimal or it was more of a negative light. And so, you know, sometimes I think of like, if I were to hear me now, I had an experience where I was out at the coffee shop, one of my favorite coffee shops in town. And I'll do, you know, like a Sunday afternoon set from 11 to one or something. And a young girl came up to me after I had recited, I can't remember which poem, I think it was Cool Dad, which is kind of a different take on a gay person's, a queer person's relationship with God after meeting somebody that had a positive relationship with God. Um, and she was crying and she just like came up and I don't know, she had to have been like 15 or 16 and just gave me the biggest hug. And I could feel that what I had written meant something to her. And it was the first time that that experience had ever happened to me because I just started performing and, and it just, it really, it really like 
hit my heart. And I was like, if I were in the audience, if I was a young person and I heard what I had to say, like that would be powerful and that would be enough. And so it it motivates me to want to share and not just a queer person, like anybody, any, any young person today going through things or any, you don't even have to be young. You know what I mean? We are all going through our own set of issues at any given time. (laughs) Age is is just like, (laughs) whatever. Amanda, if you could go back to that little girl who was on going away on the little camp, the little Mormon girl camp, Uh and you could give her advice, what would you say? Don't wait to invest in yourself. That's what I would say. I would say give yourself a shot every time. Because I spent a lot of my 20s just like doubting and and not taking the time to, I always wanted to do these, these things and I kind of just to let them go by. And I don't think I had that confidence yet to recognize that you're worth every, every, every bit of your own time, every bit of your own money, every bit of your own, everything that you've got. And so now in my late thirties, I'm like, yes, the times that I feel a little bit taken back or that I feel kind of that imposter syndrome is like, who am I to be doing this? I think, who aren't you to be doing this? Do you want to do it? Do you feel that you have something to say? The answer is yes. The answer is, does it make me happy to write songs? Yes. Do I get a huge thrill and adrenaline and this amazing sense of connectivity when I perform for people and when I can see them listening? Yes, it drives me, it motivates me. And so it's, uh, I'm worth investing in. So I would tell, I would tell young women that all over the page. I would tell young queer kids that I would tell young people that, um, don't be afraid to invest in yourself and, uh, and haters gonna hate. (laughs) (laughs) That was Amanda Barrick and you can go to amanda.live amanda.live to find out more information about her and remember if you get this after july 31st you can download her album right now go to amanda.live it it's, uh, drops july 31st and again i want to thank amanda barrick and i want to thank wtop and the lovely julia ziegler for allowing us to have out with jimmy and i want to thank you for listening again this week and remember you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell somebody you love them so go ahead and do it <laughs>